Okay. So tonight's topic, as labeled, is Shabsai Tzvi, Nason of Gaza, and the most controversial Sefer in Judaism. We're not going to talk too much about Shabsai Tzvi, more about Nason of Gaza, and more about what this controversial Sefer is. We had a shir not too long ago about Yain Kivemden versus Yonis and Ibishitz and the letter of the Noida Behuda. Yeah. And we discussed there a bit about the background. What's Negev for tonight is the following. And uh, almost all of this is new stuff that we haven't featured before. Absolutely uh, fascinating uh, uh, stuff you don't usually come across. <clears throat> okay, so Shabsai Tzvi is a well-known personality. Every kid hears about Shabsai Tzvi. He's born in 1626. So going back 400 years ago, he's from a Sfardisha family in Turkey. His first name is Shabsai, last name Tzvi. His father's name was Mordechai, last name Tzvi. My father's name. Many people have the name Mordechai Tzvi. And when they hear that Shabsai Tzvi's father had that name, they're not so comfortable with the name anymore. But the truth is, we don't know anything ill about Shabsai Tzvi's father. He lived in Izmir. He was probably a scholar. He was a well-to-do merchant, a wealthy balabas. Fine. Shabsi grows up in Izmir. Smyrna. Izmir, same place. And according to all accounts, he was very bright and he learned well in a particular interest in Kabbalah, in mysticism, um, the writings of the Arizal were, uh, were going around the Sawyer, of course. And it was after the printing press, so you're able to get your hands. It wasn't like in the medieval times, if you're interested in Kabbalah, how are you going to get your hands on it? You have to get some manuscript. In the 1600s, things were being printed. Okay, it was still was it was somewhat rare and expensive, but it was relatively available if you're interested. And especially Izmir had uh, actually big libraries. Many uh, many forum were available, and it was in the year 1648 when he was 22 years old, when allegedly he first declares himself Mashiach. Why that year? It's another shear we had. We had a shear that 1648, which was the year of the Khmelnytsky massacres in Ukraine and Poland, was the year Mashiach was supposed to come, based on a clear story in the Zayr. We saw it. The Zayr says that Rabbi Lozab ben Arach was sitting, his face was dark, he was depressed. This is 2,000 years ago. The greatest student of Rabbi Yechelen ben Zakkai. His friend Rabbi Yeshua says, you're the light of the world, why are you dark? He says, because I see that Tchiyas HaMesim is going to be way, way, way in the future. And he gives a year. The year is 5,408, which was a few hundred years ago. The year of 1648. And Rabbi Lozab ben Aruch based it on a pasuk. He translated, when will the real Yevil be? Hazois. Hey is 5,000. Zion. Aleph and Toph gets you 408. 5,408. Each person will return. Al-Achuzoseh means each neshama will be reunited with the guf. That's what the Zoya says. And uh, we had a whole shir about this, that uh, before 1648, the Mukabolim were publicizing the Zoya. And the Yidin were anxiously awaiting Mashiach, and unfortunately it turned into a bloodbath, God forbid, between Ukraine and Poland. But Shabsai in Turkey knew about the Zoya too. And allegedly, I wasn't there, but these are the accounts that are told over in many places, 
that he uh, he uh, he. He said, yeah, you, got, you guys know the Zoya. He told the people around him, his students, you know the Zoya? This year is the redemption. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. He already began to believe he was Mashiach. Mm-hmm. He claimed that he had visions. Some say that, I don't know where they know this from, that he told the people around him, I can fly, but none of you are worthy to see it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some historians claim they have proof that he was married twice at this time. Each of them ended in a very quick divorce because he wouldn't touch his wives. He lived a life of asceticism. He barely ate. He lived a very uh, saintly life. He was a big scholar in Gomorrah and um, particularly Kabbalah, a smart man. And he lived what he, what he spoke. He lived it. And therefore, he had, he had a group of students around him that thought, you know, he has something going. So in the beginning, he was, it was the year 1648, so it's, it's a crucial year because it's based on the Kabbalah, it's based on the Zohar. So while the Yidin were being massacred in north, in Ukraine and Poland, in Turkey, Takahed Shabsi saying, I'm the guy, I'm Mashiach. He was 22. After a couple years, the Rabbonim of Turkey had enough of him, and they put him in Cheyrim. His own teacher, Rabbi Yosef Eskofe, Eskofe, I know some people have a last name today called Ezakov. I wonder if they're from that family. Uh, big Sfardisharov. He was a Rosh Hashiv of Shabsi. He had enough of him. And, he, and his own Rebbe put him in Cherem. So Shabsi and his students were thrown out of... I'm giving just a brief biography of that. And, and then we'll see where we're going to segue in. So he was thrown out of Izmir. Uh, he went to Istanbul nearby. And in Istanbul he got to know a certain fellow called Avroham Yochini. Avram Yochini was the greatest speaker in Turkey, Jewish speaker. He was a beautiful darshan, he spoke so well, and he was original, and he was a big scholar. He was a rabbi. For some reason, this Avram Yochini was infatuated with Shab Tzitzi. Shab Tzitzi was apparently very charismatic. He would look at you, talk to you, you really would buy into his... He had lots going for him. You'll see many Rabbonim originally thought that he, uh, that he might be the real deal. So he must have had something going for him. Avroham Yochini wanted to convince Shabzai to say, yeah, yeah, you are the Mashiach. It's not just in theory, but let's make this happen. And he forged a manuscript. Now, some say this manuscript was forged by Nathan of Gaza, we'll talk about soon. Others say it was forged by Avroham Yochini. But what was his forged manuscript? Somebody forged a manuscript, they, they put you know, coffee on the outside, burnt it, it'll make it look really old. And in it was the testimony of some random Kabbalist who probably never existed. Just says, my name is Avram, I live in a cave, I'm waiting for the redemption, when's it going to come? I finally received the message from heaven that there will be a boy by the name of Shabsi, born in Izmir, on this and this day, you know, like a whole prophecy. And Shabsi, he saw it and he thought it was for real. By the way, his name Shabsi is significant because even though today the solar system, well, 20 years ago Pluto was the end, right? Now they threw Pluto out and uh, it ends by Neptune. But 2,000 years ago, by the Goyim and by the Yidin, it ended by Saturn. Uranus and Neptune were not part of the, the system. It was called Shiva Koichveleches, the seven stars or planets that surround. They are the sun. The moon, the surrounding Earth, so we don't count Earth. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. Saturn is number seven. 
And in fact, in all books of alchemy, Geisha books, the seven metals, gold, silver, copper, uh, tin, iron, lead, and mercury. Oh, okay. And mercury. Yeah, these are the seven. They, uh, they correspond to the seven Koich Veleches. Reb Chaim Vital in his safe and alchemy says it's really from the seven spheres, all the sevens. Either way, Saturn is considered, was considered the shleim, the completion of the smaller solar system. By these Shiva Koich Veleches, starting from the sun to Saturn, each of them have one hour when they have dominion. It goes one and then the next. So every seven hours, each one has a shot. Now, a week is divisible by seven, right? Seven days. Friday afternoon between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. is always the hour from Mars. I mean, each of them, every seven hours, has their hour. And it's continuous. It's forever. And the week is divisible by seven. So it's every single week. Friday afternoon between 6 and 7 is the hour of Mars. So too, seven hours before and seven hours later. But you're not making Kiddush then. Unless, I don't know, if you're making Kiddush in the middle of the night, you're going to have a problem then as well. What about Shabbos afternoon? Confused with the seven moons then? No, no, each one um, spiritually has a certain shlita. Each one has a certain, it's like their hour. It's their hour. So, uh, it's the energy of influence. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, the, it's like a muzzle. It's like a muzzle. No, no, they're like they're garnished. 14 hours I mentioned it with a name like Uranus. You can take it seriously. Yeah, you can't take it seriously. No, no, it's not about physical movement. It's about just having like a dominion, a certain. It starts when? Twelve midnight. When the seven start? When the one? Okay, so that's okay. That's a child about about how, how, why is it that why did it work out that way? But the fact is, suffice when we have a shear in astrology, musician will go there. But suffice to say that the way the structure is. Friday afternoon between 6 and 7 is always going to be under the dominion of Mars. And that's where the minute came not to make Kiddush. The point is that Saturn is number 7, was considered completion. So Shabsi's name, Shabsi is Saturn, Shabsi is Saturn. It's also Shabbos, is the seventh day. Shabsi, his name itself was going for him. Okay, fine. So he gets in Istanbul, this Avram Yochini really supports him. So Shabsi decides to go to Greece. Now in those days, it was all under the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire ruled over Eretisrael, over Egypt, over Turkey, over Greece, over Albania, Montenegro, all those, all those areas were all under the Ottoman Empire. So, but he wants to go to Greece, to the city of Saloniki, which was the, a mother city in Israel, which after the, the 1492 expulsion of Spain became so Jewish that the port was closed on Shabbos. The port of Saloniki in Greece was closed till the Holocaust was closed on Shabbos. So Shabsi wants to go there. There's lots of he wants to make a shturm, and he goes there and he famously marries the Sefer Torah. He was single then. He made a whole chuppah. He marries the Torah. The year was around 1658, around 10 years after he started saying he was Mashiach. The rabbonim they called him and they said, "Are you Meshuga? He says, "What do you mean?" The Torah is the bride of every Jew. The child is not on me. How come no one else did it? They didn't think that was very funny. They threw him out. So he was thrown out of Greece. Bekitzer, he ends up coming to uh, Cairo. He tries his luck in Egypt. The wealthiest Jew in Egypt, Refoel Chalavi, became a huge fan of Shabzai Tzvi. Shabzai Tzvi, he, he, he does lots of traveling around, but to, just to keep the story... Um, I'm fine. Yeah, narrow and clear. 
while he was in Cairo, he becomes famous, but he gets lots of students. He's still single. He hears about a girl called Sora. Sora had been a girl, survived the massacres in Ukraine. Her city family destroyed. She survived the Khmelnytsky massacres in 1648. She was a kid. She had gone to Amsterdam, and she became a harlot. Nothing's changed, huh? <laughs> right. Nothing's changed in Amsterdam. And then she ended up going to Italy, living in Livorno, a beautiful coastal city in Italy, lots of Jewish history. She says one day she got a, a vision from heaven, she's going to marry Mashiach. The news of this peculiar girl, who's now already older, she reaches uh, Cairo and Shabsi says, I had the same vision. I had the same vision. He sends a group of, of men, his henchmen, and they bring Sarah over, and he marries her in Cairo. So he finally gets married, and he has kids with her. At some point, he went to Eretz Yisrael. So she was bride number three. Well, so the fact that he had been married twice earlier, younger, is disputed by historians. Okay. Uh, the, the evidence is... Uh, this was his official wife. Okay. Well, if you count the Torah, it could be number four. <laughs> Fourth time under the chuppah. He ends, he goes to Eretz Yisrael. He was in Yerushalayim a few times over different years. They say that he would walk in the streets and throw candy to the kids. It's funny because years after Shamsi died, he still has many followers. You wonder why were they still following him? They were the kids that remembered when he gave them candies. So 50 years later, he still lots of supporters. You see, you give somebody candy, you give kids candy, they'll think you're Mashiach. Anyhow, so he was in Yerushalayim, he has some history there. In the beginning, they were okay, then they gave him the cold shoulder. Near Yerushalayim, there's a place called Azo, Gaza. And there was a young man living in Gaza. His name was Nosan Ho'azosi, Nosan of Gaza. He is going to be Shabzai Tzvi's prophet. He was younger than Shabzai Tzvi. He's actually from Yerushalayim, and he was Ashkenazi. His father came from Germany, if I'm not mistaken. And he, uh, he moved to Gaza because his wife was from Gaza. After his marriage, he lives a life, a very Hasidic type of life, a very a precious. He separates himself from Olam uh, Hazer, an ascetic life, maybe abstinence as well. He lived a, a spiritual life, and he got a name as a big Kabbalist. This Nosson was officially a great, a great scholar, both in Nigla and particularly Kabbalah. His news spread around. The fact is Shabzai Tzvi went to Gaza to visit him. Why he went is a major discussion by, um, by many historians. Gershom Shalom, a famous historian in Israel, has his theories. Some believe, some believe that Nosson of Gaza became famous as a healer. He was like a Baal Shem. One of, he, used, he used practical Kabbalah, and he would heal people. And Shabzai Tzvi was ill, emotionally ill. Some say he, uh, whatever the theories are, bipolar, this or that, who knows. So some say the point is he went there to get healed. Others say it's much more simple. Shabzai Tzvi was on a big movement to spread his name as Mashiach, and he wanted to meet this young budding Kabbalist and see if they could put there, you know, see what he has to say. Either way, he met Nosson of Gaza. Nosson was only 20 years old when they met. And... Uh, so it was about the year 1663. So Shabzai is born in 26, so it makes him uh, 37 years old. Nosson is convinced Shabzai is Mashiach. 
He tells him, I've had visions, you're Mashiach, you're the one. And Nason says, but before Mashiach comes, you need Elio Anovi to announce it. I'm going to be in the place of Elio. Now, I'm sure that Nason had certain Kabbalistic explanations of why his soul was related to the soul of Elio, but he said, I'm going to be the one. And he begins to write letters, letters all around to all the countries, the Sephardic areas, and even beyond, that the redemption has arrived, and his name is Shabsi, and it was in the year 1665 that Nosson says, this is the big year. This is the big year. This year, Mashiach will arrive. He is Shabsi. He's going to bring back the 10 lost tribes. He's going to go to Istanbul, take the crown from the Sultan's head, put it on his own head. The Sultan will then revolt, and we will enter the whole war known as Goig of Mogoig. Nosson gave a whole... Uh, um, prognosis of what's going to happen and mamish as a prophecy and he was already well known by then people were very excited to hear this right especially after the Khmelnytsky massacres the Yidin were so broken in Ukraine and they were the Ashkenazim but the, even the Svardim who were not affected by the Khmelnytsky massacres they were very excited to hear about this and Shabsi comes back he comes back to Izmir and uh, remember years before he had been thrown out in Kherim now he comes back as the king. He throws out the robe of the town. He puts one of his own men as the rabbi. Actually, the person he put as rabbi, who was one of his own men, was the Knesses Hagdola, who's one of the greatest Paiskim. For a time, he supported Shabzai Tzvi. He's soon going to turn. He's soon going to turn against him. He's going to turn against him. So, the fact is, Shabzai he's waltzing around in in um, in Turkey in the 1660s. And he went to Istanbul. <coughs> the Goyim had heard about his venture to take the crown from the king. He was thrown in prison. Ultimately, he was given a choice to die or to convert to Islam. He, he converts to Islam. And uh, at the end of his life, the Sultan banished him actually to Montenegro, where he passed away. After he converted to Islam, the Jews were wondering should we convert? Because Shabsi's wife converted and hundreds of his followers. So many of his, of his chassidim turned to Nosson of Gaza. Do we convert or not? Nosson said, chas for shalom. If he would have had kids at that time, they would have been very young. Very young. A couple of years old. And Nosson says, chas for shalom to convert. So they say, so what about Shabsi? He says, Shabsi is different. Shabsi had to. He said, to bring Mashiach, Shabsi's soul had to enter into the, the enclave, the turf of Yishmol itself, and from there suck out certain sparks of Kedusha. And Shabsi gave a whole explanation, but he said no one else should do it. And Shabsi went around traveling, you know, you know inspiring, didn't, don't give up hope, don't give up hope. Shabsi ends up dying at the age of 50 in 1676, about 10 years after he converted. And uh, Nossen was, was, was uh, distressed, beyond distressed. He was uh, deflated, completely deflated. But nonetheless, he still traveled around and told people, Shabsi's soul is going to come back. He's still Meshach, don't give up, don't give up hope. He dies four years after Shabsi, in 1680. He was only 37 years old, a young man, this Nossen of Gaza. And he died in a city called Skopje, 
which we're going to see important things about Skopje, which today is in North Macedonia, just north of Greece. For years, his cave was a pilgrimage site. People went to the Nosson of Gaza. Apparently, uh, after the Nazis came there, it's not, uh, you can't see his cave anymore. I don't know, I wasn't there. But for, from 1680 to for, for almost 300 years, people were going there. So that's the story of Nosson of Gaza, and that's the story of Shabzai Tzvi. Now, now that we have this, we can go through this quite quickly. There is, amongst Torah Sfarim, we have tens and tens of thousands of them, almost all of them are mainstream, and even those that are kind of on the side are also considered Torah learnable. There are some Sfarim, though, which some people would never let in their home. You know, even amongst the Rishonim, you know, the, the Meirin Nevuchim, Nowadays, it's so classic. 250, tonight's the, the yard site of Rebbe Melech of Lizhensk. You know, in his time, he says, many young people were learning Merinavuchim and was sending them astray to join the Enlightenment movement. Rebbe Nachman of Breslov said, you can't have it in your house, not the Rambam's Merinavuchim, not the Ralbag, anything philosophical is dangerous. And there were a number of Sfarim of the Rishonim even beyond. There was a guy called Ibn Kaspi, who he was a Jewish philosopher 800 years ago, even beyond the pale of Rambam and Ral Bag. Like he says, maybe the story of Yoyna never happened. It's just a marshal. You know, he, he's the only one that even goes so far about that. You know, Amongst books of Kabbalah, there's a few that people are very hesitant to have. We spoke about the great Avraham Abulifia, who was a Kabbalist 800 years ago who the Rashba destroyed, and many said the guy was a, a fake, a false Mashiach, and don't touch his farm, until Chaim Vital quotes from him many, many ideas in his farm. Perhaps the most controversial sefer is a sefer called Chemdas Hayomim, the delight of the days. And the, the spectrum of how Yidin view the Sefer, there are those who say you have to burn it. It's pure apicursus. Others say you can't be a from Jew without it. It's mamish polar, polar opposites. Polar, polar opposites. So um, we're going to begin with number three, actually, which is a letter of the Rebbe, that somebody wrote to the Rebbe about another Sefer called Chemdas Tzvi, a commentary on Zoya and Kabbalah. Now this guy writes to the Rebbe, I heard that this book is so full of Sabbateanism, a difference, the Chem that's Tzvi, that I want to burn it. So the Rebbe writes in number three, nivhalti, I'm bewildered that you want to burn, you want to make a public burning. Gamla Even if it's true that the complaints against that Sefer is correct, and there may be some allusions to Shabzai Tzvi in that Sefer, Chem that's Tzvi, but why, you're going to go make a big furnace and burn it? Why are you getting involved? What's it, your business? Put the book away. But if you talk a field that that book on Kabbalah has a hints to Shabzai Tzvi and Sabbateanism beliefs, so leave it. But don't judge the Svarim L'Sreifa, don't burn it. And then the Rebbe says, By the way, this Sefer in particular, that Semach Sedek brings it, Chakad Marzamasedek brings it. Betach ein l'shmuz hanal kol yisrael. So, all of those rumors that uh, it was that it was written by a Shabbat Tzvi follower and you can't trust it. No basis. The, no basis. 
Fine, that's about the Sefer Chemdes Tzvi. Then the Rebbe writes, but in Gale, the Sefer Chemdes Yomim, when it comes to the Sefer Chemdes Yomim, in this, there's also different opinions. Some, we're going to see all about this. Some say it's the most beautiful Sefer, others say it's the most rotten Sefer. I don't see the Rabbeim quoted. So, uh, so then, Hari Le'idach Gitsis, the Rebbe says, the other side, why, do you, why should you look, the guy wanted to, maybe I should learn the Sefer Chem Des Yomim. The Rebbe says, there's a, there's a controversy about the Sefer. I don't know what the Rabbeim's opinion is. So why should you, why, why start with that Sefer? Maloy Lahaschel, why should you start learning Kabbalah, Dafkin, a questionable Sefer, which has different opinions if it's authentic? Befrat, that I already, I brought to your attention, on the Hechreach, that you have to learn Chesidus, Chesidus is koilul Kabbalah. You have a desire to learn Kabbalah? There's plenty deep mamorim and Chesidus that explain ideas of Kabbalah, and it's safe. It's a mime, it's a safe haven. V'davka al yodon is shmar melitis chabachachmasemis. If you learn raw Kabbalah and you misunderstand it, who knows what ideas you're going to come out with? They're most probably wrong, and, and uh, Chesidus is a safe haven. Kabbalah is brought and explained out of who has the, the guts to say that uh, that I'm going to create my own path of learning Kabbalah and you'll, I'll show Kunsin. And don't you know the story that Semach Sedek brings in Sherish Mitzvah that the Baal Shem Tov once told someone, don't learn raw Kabbalah. Because if you don't know how Lahafshit Hadvarim Megash Miyusam, in Kabbalah, so it speaks about the Ebishtah's Chesed, uh, Droya, Yemina, the Ebishtah's right hand, left hand, this and that. The, there's a, the, the Ak has a forehead and the eyes of Adam Kadman. If you don't know how to, Lahavshit is to undress the ideas from their physical Mishalim, Miskashim B'ma'oi you become, you have a Kabbalah center, that's what you have. And therefore you shouldn't. So the Rebbe tells him that, B'chlal, you want to start learning Kabbalah, Chesidus is much better. But before the Rebbe said, even if you want to start learning Kabbalah, why would your entry point be such a controversial safe. The Rebbe doesn't say what the controversy is. So join me in number one. In number one is a letter of Rabbi Yankov Emden. This is in his Sheilas Yaivitz. Somebody wrote to him, there are many minhagim today that come from the Sefer Chem Des Yomim, saying L'david Hashem Oiri, during Elul. Oh, we're going to see that, that's the shit. L'david Hashem Oiri comes from there. The fact that we say kegavna, most of Yodu Litvishashul, what do they say Friday night? Kegavna, the fact we say that portion of the Zoyer is Chemdus Yomim. Lots of the Yehirotsan, the Yehirotsan by Tashlich, the Yehirotsan by the Nasim. It originates there? Okay, so, 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 okay, yeah, the, so many of these things do have older sources. The Rebbeinu Shalaylam that we say on Yom Tif. By, uh, by, uh, by, by taking up by Kriya Sefer Torah. V'nocha olav ruach Hashem, it says in Chem Des Yomim. And you know what all the Shabbat sees, this was their biggest filler. When they said v'nocha, it should rest on him, they were on him on Shabbat. There's lots of things that we say in the Siddur come from the Sefer. The Sefer, a, if you open the Sefer, Chem, it's a big Sefer, it's been reprinted. It's, um, it goes through the year, Kabbalistic ideas, Minhagim of all through... It, it, you open it, it seems to be a regular Kabbalah Sefer. You know, the average Bacher will just get bored after a few minutes. It's a Sefer. You have to learn. He has a lot on Tu Bishvat. The whole, it, 
all the minhagim of Tubishvat and the special fruits that you should eat and the, all the things you say all Same. come. He is Mr. Tubishvat. Tubishvat's from Chemdes Yomim. And there's many other ideas that come from Chemdes Yomim. Who wrote it? We're going to see. You will see what Yankiv Emden. So Yankiv Emden is living 250 years ago. He says, Eloid. Mitam Acher. So this guy wrote him, there was a special year he wrote, and some people said, when you mavorach the Chodesh. We say, Chadsheh, some medicines he wrote. And the guy asked Yankiv Emden, what's the deal with it? So Yankiv Emden says, Oid mitam Acher Otsum. I have a very big reason. Kenega nearly. Looks to me like a big stain. Isu noisiv yesh betchina kazoyu. It's also to say this supplication. Shenis Keres. Um, that you mentioned, even though I haven't seen it as of as of yet, but I'm telling you why you shouldn't say it. I've also I've looked for it. May I, I don't know them, but below, I didn't find it anywhere. But I'll tell you something. I'll tell you what I do know. Besefer Miras in the Sefer Miras Chem Yomim. Miras was um, a Greek poet. A long time ago, two and a half thousand years ago, maybe even longer, the story is discussed if he was a real person or not. Pashtas he was. He's discussed a good day in Yerushalmi, he's discussed in Mishnayis. This guy, he was a no good. You know, people that followed him were rationalists, and uh, it was uh, not a Torah philosophy at all. So Yankovim nicknames the Chemdes Hayomim, Nimtsast Chino, you'll find that supplication there. Sheyasad Novi Hasheker Hazosi. You know who wrote Chem Des Yomim? Nosson of Gaza, the false prophet. La Amra to say it, B'yoyim Shabbos Kodesh, on Shabbos Mavorch in the Kodesh. Zulasa, I don't know anywhere else where it's brought. And that Sefer Malaya Logagila is full of idol worship. Remez Vehein Misper Tof Tof Yudal, Lirmez Al Shukit Shatz, Shabsai Tzvi, Shem Rishorim Yukiv Tzof and Besoycha. Yankiv Emden writes, I know, I know that he writes in a number of places. Yankiv Emden wrote in a number of places, the book Chem Des Yomim is absolute treif. It should be burnt. It was written by Nathan of Gaza. He is Tomei. His book is Tomei. Yankiv Emden writes in one place, anyone that learns it will become Tomei. You learn it, you'll become a kafir. He says the only one that's allowed to learn it is someone who's pure, who wants to learn it, just to know, and in, in, if he's going to debate the Shabbat Phoenix, what he should, uh, you know, he, he should know their their own teachings. Otherwise, stay away from it. <laughs> right. And he writes, he writes, if you look through the Sefer, it's full of hints to Shabbat Everywhere you look, it's Shabbat Now, he writes this in another place. I know at least four places that Yankov Emden writes against Nason of Gaza for sure, but against the Sefer Chem Des Yomim. And he writes that it's oozing, every page is oozing with Shabzai Tzvi ideas. Now, if you open Chem Des Yomim, it doesn't say Shabzai Tzvi anywhere. So Yankee Vim says you have to go to the Gematrius. Tof Tof Yud Dalud 814 was the magic number for all Shabzai Tzviniks because 814 is Gematria Shabzai Tzvi. Also, Hamashiach or Amiti. The real Mashiach, the same Gematria. The Shabzai Phoenix, the number 814 was the number. And Yankee Vemz, if you look through the Sefer, Chem Des Yomim, the number's everywhere. Very often on the number, on the word Eretz, there's dots on top. 
if you spell out Eretz, the Aleph, you spell it out, the Aleph, Lamed, Pei, and the Reish, Reish and, the, and the Tzaddik, you'll get 814. And Yankee finds different types of hints. He says, the, and that's what he writes over here. The number 814 is everywhere to hint on shikots, on the abomination, the Shin Tzaddik, the Shabzai Tzvi, Shin Reju, the Shem, Rishoyim, Yukov, may the name of the wicked be blotted out. Tzofen is hidden there everywhere. K'may Shekvarai Doisi, Ba'am, I've already spoken to the people about this. Hairoisi al-Zois, may Oz, I've spoken about this forever on another Sefer. But there's Achbe'es al-Zois, lo nimtza Sefer, kusmin haloz. He says this, uh, this uh, book of spells. He calls it book of spells. The witchcraft book is not under my hand. I saw it a long time ago. Biyad oirich oiver aleinu. Somebody passing by happened to have the book. Ba'abata ba'am, I gave a small glance, and since then, I haven't seen it again. But that's it. But he says that this, Yehirotzen, that this guy wanted to say, Shabbos Mavorchim, Yankiv Emden says he can't say it. It's a, Yankiv Emden's opinion was very clear on the matter. And he writes in this letter, this is a letter that he writes in She'ilas Yaivetz, that's his Tshuvah Sfarim. And he says here, I've been talking about this ever since. He wrote numerous places about and he writes in one place, ah, it looks like a beautiful sefer, it's full of Kabbalistic ideas on the Yom Tovim, it's a Torah sefer. He says, no, he says, Nosan of Azosi, Nosan of Gaza, it's like he put an Avodah inside the Beis HaMikdash. The sefer looks like the Beis HaMikdash, but inside, <laughs> inside, if you can see it, it's oozing with Shabbos, he says, every single page, hints to the Shabbos, three. Yeah, you can't he can't read it. Shabbos Mavorchim, because that's the Gemara. Right, this the is Ram. the Hirotzim by, by, Shab- by Shabbos Mavorchim. Shabbos Mavorchim. No, 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 no. By, by Shabbos Mavorchim, there was, I don't okay. know what the Hirotzim was. I don't know if anyone says it today. No, but there is a Hirotzim that the Snagim say. Every Shabbos. Every Shabbos. Okay. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, but that's in the Gemara. Okay, so it's, it's not that. It's a different one. It's a different one. Rav, Rav writes it. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. So he, there's a longer, there's a longer one, an expounded, uh, Kabbalistic one. Right, right. And this is a different one. So Yankiv Emden's opinion is very clear. Now, when Bechlal did the Sefer come out? When was it? Nosan Hazosi died in 1680. It wasn't known then that he had written. He didn't publish his book while he was alive. It happens in the early 1700s. There's a guy by the name of Rabbi Al-Ghazi. Yisrael Yankiv or Yankiv Yisrael Al-Ghazi. He was a Rav in a very important, very chosh of a family, Al-Ghazi, a big Sephardish family. He was a huge Torah scholar in Turkey. He comes to Eretz Yisrael. And in the early 1700s, he prints this. And he writes, I'm printing it from a manuscript. It's from an old Kabbalist. And he prints it. So Yankiv Emden was alive then. So he, you know, he was, uh, he was in Germany when this happens. And he's sure that it comes from Nosson of Gaza. And these manuscripts were found, maybe, I guess, in Eretz Yisrael. And, uh, however... Those that like to learn the Sefer, believe it's a holy Sefer, usually contend it comes from one of the Arizal students. Binyamin Halevi was his name. Now we know that he lived, and if you look in number two, the Chidor mentions him. In number two, Harav HaMakubo Marein Rav Binyamin Halevi, Aviv Shel Harav Maharash Halevi, who was the Rav in Izmir, 
So there was a guy, Maharash Halevi, a Rav in Izmir. His father was Binyamin Halevi. And Binyamin Levi Anisko was a Talmud. He was part of the Arizal's cubs, the Gure Ari. The Arizal is the lion, the Gure Ari. And this Rebinyamin, Velomad Haramaz Imoy Chochmas Emes. One of the greatest Kabbalists is Rab Moshe Zakuta, the Ramaz. He's quoted often in Chesidus, Rab Moshe Zakuta. He lives in Italy. As a young man, Rab Moshe Zakuta learned under this Binyamin Alevi. And, and the Chidot says, V'kibu mimeno soilus nekiyah. Whatever Rab Moshe Zakuta learned from Binyamin Alevi is pure. Not soilus is fine flower, soilus nekiyah, untouchable. Rab Moshe Zakuta is considered a master Kabbalist, one of the greatest sources. And you know, because he basically got from the Arizal through one of the Arizal students, Binyamin Alevi. This Binyamin Alevi is the alleged author of Chemdes Hayamim for those that want to learn it. In other words, if you're going to believe it's from Nathan of Gaza, you're going to look at it. You say it's from Binyamin Alevi, but we're going to see. Don't worry, I don't, don't worry, don't worry. You know where I'm going with this. Right? <laughs> Things are not as advertised. Um, in fact, if you open up a Sefer today, of Chemdes Yomim, you'll see on the front page a holy work of Kabbalah from the Arizal student, Binyamin Alevi. All the printers write it. It's a bestseller, right? From the Arizal student, for sure. Talmud of the Arizal, the teacher of the Ramaz. Like, who wouldn't want the Sefer? Everyone's buying it. It's a bestseller. Although you'll know, most shuls don't have the book. Most shuls, you'll see, most shuls don't have the book. Because of what Yankiv Emden, he's not the only one that says it. There is a third opinion in historians who believes it was actually Rabbi Al-Ghazi himself. It's his own work. He printed it anonymously. It's his own. Which would mean it's a fine work because this Rabbi Al-Ghazi was a famous Rav in Eretz Yisrael and in Turkey before. His son was the famous genius, the Maharit Al-Ghazi, who was best friends of the Chida. Either way, so Rabbi Al-Ghazi definitely published it. That we know is a fact. Some say he wrote it and he wrote anonymously, you know, it, most prevalent mainstream view is it comes from uh, Binyamin Halevi, the guy number two. But then you have Yankov Emden, says Nathan of Gaza. Now you're wondering, what is, okay, so we're going to see, we're going to see, this is fascinating stuff, so guys, um, buckle yourself in. Um... Number four is a guy called... Mordech, um, oh, for his first name was Menachem Menchen Halprin was his name. Halprin? Halprin. He was a big Kabbalist in Eretz Yisrael a while ago, many generations ago. He was a big Kabbalist in Eretz Yisrael, okay? And he wrote a long piece absolutely destroying all of Yankiv Emden's Tainus, saying, you think it comes this from Nosson of Gaza? No, 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 no. In this, in this, in this. That Yang, you think it comes from Nosson of Gaza? It's rubbish. The hints that it has to Shabsai Tzvi, the number 814. 814 is Gematria Shabsai Tzvi. It's also, though, Gematria of Shakai, Shin Dalad Yud. If you spell out Shin Yud Nun for Shin and then Dalad and then Yud, it's also 814. In fact, if you look in Rabchaim Vital's forum, you find the number 814 there already, well before Shabsai Tzvi. So people told Yankiv Emden, yeah, in Chemdus Yom, there's hints to 814, but it's an old Kabbalistic idea. It happens to be Shabzai Tzvi is that number, and, the, and therefore all Shabzai Tzvi's followers say, wherever you find the number, it was a hidden prophecy. Yeah, yeah of course, they went to town. Shabzai Tzvi's followers would say, if you find in Chaim Vital's 814, you should know. But you can't, 
<coughs> you can't throw out the safe of Chemdus Yom because age 14. Then throw out Chaim Vital's farm. It was a prophecy for Shabbat Shalom. Burn this farm. That would be ridiculous. So this Menchen wrote a whole piece, and uh, you're lucky I saved you. I was going to print the whole thing. But he writes that that uh, before Yankov Emden wrote against it, for a couple decades, the Sefer was already out, and Big Yidin are quoting it. Big Yidin are learning it. So says Reb Halprin, he writes in number four at the end, Soif Dover, after all of his proofs that it's not from Nosson of Gaza, and he says, move on the call, it's understood, all these rabbis I quoted, that bring the Chem des Yomim, Harbei Mehem was closer in time and in, and in space to the author of the Chem des Hayomim, closer than Yankee. Yankee Vendor is a little bit Johnny come lately. Not that because Yankee Vendor was alive when the Sefer was published, but uh, there were older rabbis who were, who were closer in space. Yankee Vendor is in Germany, is far. Those that were closer to the scene, closer to the time, they would have a more authentic uh, tradition. And they all supported the Sefer. So, Imken Hachoylik, if you argue on Sefer Chemdus, we're number four, the third, if you argue on Sefer Chemdus Yomim, Umavaz, if you, if you um, belittle it, you're also belittling all those rabbis that quote it. You're Kachoylik on all the Gainim Anal, and you're Mavatul in your heart, you're basically belittling in your mind all the above rabbis. You're Bechlal Zuzul Hoyrim Umayrim, Shebevidu Yom Kippurim. He tells Yankiv Emden, when you say Al Chet for Zuzul, for belittling all those teachers, you should know, yeah, you sin big time. Because when you, when, when you claim that Chemdes Yobim is Poshet Apikursus, so you're, you're, you're tainting all of those rabbis that supported it. And then he says, Ashrelum is Dabik, fortunate is one who cleaves to the holy book Chemdus Hayamim. It can't be polar opposite. Hashem spoke with his kindness should uh, lead us in the right path. And then he says, if someone wants to talk to me, if someone wants to know the whole deal, and you're only looking for the truth, Belishum Akshus, you're not going to be an action, but you're actually looking for the truth. Write to me, El Adres Shali, to my address. My name is Menachem Menchen Halprin from Herodna. Now, I was writing this is over 100 years ago. He lived the end of this, uh, he originates from Herodna, end of his life is in Eretz Yisrael. Where does he get the, the word address from? Adres, Adres, from Herodna. That's yeah. how they said the address. Okay. Write to my address. But he, he's writing this 120 years ago. So he, now you should know, after he wrote this, there was a guy called Mordechai Luria who wrote back, what are you talking about? Of course it's from Nathan of Gaza. You know, this was a massive back and forth, massive back and forth. But guys, you have to see, the following is absolutely unbelievable. I have <coughs> two quotes, it looks like it's big words, but uh, two excerpts. One from a sefer called Ruchais Mesaprois, and the other is from the great Reb Chaim Falaji. The Sefer Ruches Mesapris was written by a, a Sephardic Kabbalist living in Iraq. His name was Yehuda Pataya. Yehuda Pataya or Fataya lives in the end of the 1800s, early 1900s in Iraq. The end of his life, he was in Eretz Yisrael. And uh, he, his expertise was exorcism. He was the man. If somebody was possessed by a shade, by a, nef a nefesh, he was the man. He was an expert in exorcism. And he straddled this world and the other world, had awesome dreams. He was a major authentic, like the real deal, one of the last real Kabbalists. And um, he dies 
Actually, right after the Holocaust began, he died. It says in the beginning of the Holocaust, he used to go do Tikkun Chatzos every night, and he died then, about 1941 or something. But uh, he's known as one of the last of the real authentic Kabbalists, and he writes in number five, six, and seven that you have on this page of the next, is from what he writes in his safe. And I'll tell you like this. It starts in the year 1910. He says, I was reading the Sefer Chem Des Yomim with my kids. It was Hanukkah. And in Chem Des Yomim, he has lots of interesting stuff on Hanukkah. And I was reading with my kids. And I got tired and I fell asleep. And in my dream, he says, I see a guy next to me. Big guy, big guy, very handsome. No beard. He had three or four strands of hair and they weren't even next to each other. This is what he says. <laughs> he says, this big guy tells me, that you want to learn Chemdes Yomim, I could teach it to you in one moment. I asked him, one moment? It's a big safer, one moment? So the guy says, I wrote Chemdes Yomim. And you know why I wrote it? I wrote it because if I'm Stam going to say, Shabsite sees Mashiach, who's going to believe me? But if I first write a safe on Kabbalah and people see I know my stuff, then when I say Shabsite sees Mashiach, people will actually, you know, turn their ear to what I have to say. So he tells me, says Yehuda Patai in my dream, 1910, Hanukkah, that if I just jump on the bandwagon and believe in Shabsai Tzvi, it's as if I learned the whole Sefer, because the whole Sefer was just a gateway to get people to believe. So if I jump to the belief, it's like I learned the whole Sefer. And I woke up. He says, the next night I dream again. And he says, I'm sitting in shul, it's freezing, I'm wearing my, my uh, heavy winter coat, all of a sudden, a raven, a raven flies into Shul. And the raven flies through the window. It's like upside down. It looks like it's being chased. And it flies into my kapote. It's begging for, for, for a sanctuary. And then he continues. Look at number five. The Aaron, and I look up, and I see Gimel Anoshim. Three people walk in. They have sticks in their hand. And apparently, they had beaten the raven. They're looking for the raven. They'd beaten it, Machas Achzorius, really beaten the raven apart. Number five, the second line. Ochen Loi Ro, when they came in, they're looking for the raven. They can't see. Where did the raven go? And these three people with their bats are looking everywhere. Honor the honor, they're looking this way and that way. To know the Mokim Asher Borach Shomai, where did the raven go? Could they lead the to pursue it, and to beat it even more? And all of a sudden, another guy walks in who was in charge of the other three. And what happens is, the guy looks around, he senses the ravens by me. He tells the other three, there it is! He's in the coat of Yudha Pataya. All of a sudden, the raven quickly jumps and he flies out of the other window of the shul. And I woke up. That was the end of the second dream. He says, I had a third dream, it's not on the paper, I had a third dream where I was davening in shul, and the same guy comes to the entrance of shul, and he has his hand like this, and he says, Rebbe, I beg you. This is Nosan of Gaza. And he says, I know, I'm the author of the Chem Das Yom, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. Can you please redeem my soul? He says, I woke up in the third dream. He says, I realize that this is, this is serious. And he has a whole description in the Sefer. He says, I took a minion of Bochum, Dafka, those pure Bochum never saw did a sin in their lives. And he writes a whole ritual they did in the shul with Sefer Torahs, walking around the bimmer and saying, and a whole 
Yihirotzen, for the soul of Nosson of Gaza, a whole thing. And he says, we are hereby undoing all the cherims that were made against him by rabbis. Apparently, while he was alive, the, the, some rabbis put him in cherim, were unreleasing him from all the cherimim and everything, and everything. And they blew the shofar. A whole thing described, page and a half, of the, he describes the whole thing. And that was it. A month later, he has another dream. The next dream. And in this dream, it's number six. He says, it was a Nosson, it was somebody else who says, I'm here as a messenger. And the messenger tells me that you freed Nosson's soul. Nosson's soul wasn't allowed into Gehenna. Do you know why he was that raven jumping from one place to the other? There's something called Kaf HaKela, mentioned in Tanya, which is like a... You know, slingshot. like a slingshot type of yeah. thing. You know, it's one of those rides. The Vomitron, right? It's even worse than Gehenna. <laughs> That's worse than Gehenna. They put you on and you, you, they go and go until you vomit. And, and uh, the problem is sometimes a person's soul doesn't even merit to go to Gehenna. Who are you to get cleansed? He says, Nosson, Pasha, this is what the guy tells Yehuda Pataya, that Nosson came to you begging for you to help him. And you did. You actually got, you went into that room in the shul and you had all your students. You did the whole voodoo ritual, the Kabbalistic, a Kabbalistic ritual. You released all the cherims on his soul. You released him from the Kaf HaKela. He was allowed to go to Gehenna. So that's why he couldn't come to you again in a dream. He's busy. He's going to Gehenna. But on his way there, I met him. And he told me I should come to you and give you a yeshikayach. And now we pick up number six. Vani says, Yehuda Pataya, I saw the face of this messenger. He was pained on the fact that Nosson was allowed into Gehenna. And as if he was telling me, Beremus, who gave you the right to release Nosson's soul and let him into Gehenna? Do you know how many people Nosson messed over while he was alive? Who gave you the right to bring him into Gehenna? Ein Zeha novel, this abominable human, Nosson is not even fitting to go to Gehenna. And then the messenger showed me a vision. I saw Nosson of Gaza as he was walking to Gehenna. He was going to the south, southern side of the world. There's two ways to go to Gehenna, the north side and the southern side. He went through the southern side. And he was going Basimcha Rabbah. Nosson was so happy that he kind of beat the system. He pulled off a trick. He, he haunted this rabbi in his dreams till the rabbi took care of his soul. And he was dancing into Gehenna. You ever saw a guy dance into Gehenna? Nathan of Gaza danced in Gehenna. Yehuda Batai said, I saw it. I saw the vision. I saw him. And he was mispa. He was, he was bemidbar God in that awful desert um, on the way to Gehenna. And he was, uh, he was loving it. When he came right by the gate, 50 souls came out of Gehenna to stop Nosson, Kedei Latarda, to stop Nosson from going in. I assume these were people that had been messed over by Nosson. And they'd, he's coming here too. And they said, get out of here. So, but he says, no, 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 I have permission. I have, you know, I have, a, I have a visa, I have a passport. They realize he's coming, even though he's not fitting. They, look at the next page, number seven. They said, you are such a swindler that you're able to find an excuse to enter here. And he laughed and he was happy. On this... Uh, this clever right, this, this uh, libel that he pulled off, he didn't even answer them. And this messenger told me, you know why this all happened? You pushed the Abish to so much with all of your you know, Kabbalah Hashem said, you know, Yehuda Patai is a good man, I'm going to let it go. 
So he continues, Sha'alti, I asked the spirit of Ephraim ben Shmar Yahu. He was a spirit that came to visit Yehuda Pataya. This is not a dream. This is his. <laughs> Did you hear or see? Do you know anything about Nasan? Did he go to Gehenna or is he still in the slingshot? So the guy told me, I didn't see it. But I'll tell you one thing. I was in Gehenna nine months in the pit in Gehenna, this guy says. <laughs> I was nine months in the pit. I heard a curl hamulukut. I heard a huge tadam. It was like a wedding, and I asked the the people hamamun, the people in charge of me, what's this, uh, what's this tumult going on? And they said, Nosson of Gaza is finished. The slingshot now is going to Gehenna. Says Yehuda Batai, you should know that year was the worst year of my life. Ani to the eye, the young man that's writing this on that year that I fixed the soul of Nosson of Gaza. Mitsouni, Tsaris, Rabbis, Royce, horrific things happened to me until I wanted to die. Thank God, though, we survived. It was monetary and it was suffering, but nobody died. No one died in my family. That's the end of his entry. What do you see from this Yehuda Pataya? Nosson of Gaza wrote Chemdus Yomim. That was the first dream. The guy told him I wrote it. And he wrote it with ill intentions in order to bring people to the belief of Shabzai Tzvi. And more than that, you see that Nosson of Gaza is suffering big time. Was. Well, was. <laughs> so you see Nosson of Gaza is not someone you want to be relying so on. This was and a switch and bait. So here's the thing. So interesting, Rebavadya Yosef, when he was younger, a young man, he managed to learn a little bit by Yehuda Pataya. Gets an Eretz He considered Yehuda Pataya to be someone his Rebbe. And uh, Vadya Yosef is a big fan of Chemdas Yomim. So people ask him, your own Rebbe wrote all these things about it and you learn it. And Vadya Yosef said, when it comes to halacha, dreams are meaningless. Dreams are meaningless. I, it's, was it written by Nathan of Gaza? Most people say not. It's from the Arizal student, Ben Yomim Alevi. And all of these things are dreams. Dreams are not halachically relevant. We're not going to throw out a safer. And Avad Yezus says, listen, there are many big people that learned the Sefer. And we'll see more about that in just, just a moment. And therefore, we're not going to throw it out because my great Rebbe had dreams. His dreams are his, and whatever they mean to him, they mean to him. But it doesn't, it's not halakhli binding on the rest of the world. That was Avad Yezus' psak. And he was a big supportive of the Sefer. Hold on. Number eight is the, this is, this is, uh, this is really the Gavaldiga thing. There was a great, great rabbi in Izmir 100, 150 years ago, Reb Chaim Falaji. Reb Chaim Falaji. He wrote tons and tons of svarim. Uh, a huge rav. And he wrote be- beautiful stuff. And he wrote a long piece about the Sefer Chemdas Yomim. And people told him, how could you read the Sefer? Don't you know it's from Nathan of Gaza? And don't you know that that man is not somebody you want to have anything to do? You know, I want to get close with a 10-foot pole. Listen to what this man has to say. He starts off in number eight. He says, well, wait, have you ever opened up a chemdes yomim? It's meyusid, look at number eight. It's on Rabbi Seinu HaKadoshim. It's full of Gemara. It quotes from the Ga'inim. It quotes from the Rishonim and all the Paiskim. And even more, it quotes from the Zayar. It quotes from all the Balei Kabbalah. The third line, Ilam in and above everything, he quotes a lot from the Arizal and from Chaim Vital. Chaim Vital is, is always throughout the Sefer. And also the, and his contemporaries. And also the Mepharshim, the Alshich is there, etc. The Baalei Musr, the, the, 
those that wrote ethical works from the Rishonim, the Chavis Havavis, almost a thousand years ago, Rabbeinu Yoyne, they're all there. And as someone who shines very bright, the Sefer Reish is Chachma. They're all there. If you open the Sefer, it's all good stuff. Yankee Vemden says it's, it's full of Sabbateanism. It's a beautiful Sefer. He's going to quote Yaakov Ebn soon. It's incredible. He says, Ma'acher that the Sefer Aboyer Al-Azeh, this very, this bright book, Chemdas Yomim, it's Meyusel Adne Paz. It has great, uh, it's, it has great foundations, full of Birchus Hashem from all these rabbis. Ve'iyo Gufei Gamhu, and not just that, the author of the Chemdas Yomim himself, when he writes his own ideas, beautiful ideas, it's encouraging, it's enlightening. It brings you closer to the Ebishter. Look at number nine. If you want to know if a sefer is holy or not, you got to look at the bottom line. Yankavemden says, whoever reads the book, it turns you away from God. It says Chaim Falaji, not what I saw. Anyone that learns the book becomes frumer, becomes you know has a better appreciation. You learn about Shabbos from Chenzi, you have a bigger appreciation. You learn about Tubishvat, Chanukah, but you get a bigger appreciation. No, no one's going further from Yiddishkeit Fakert. He says, the, the, the proof's in the pudding. All his words are true. Any, anyone who hears his beautiful words, it has, a, it has a wondrous effect in your body, in your limbs, in your shaman to bring you to tshuva. Yankivem says, will make you not be curious. I see people reading it. <laughs> they, they become better Jews. They, get a, 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 they acquire a holy ray of a fear of God on the face of the person learning it. And don't you know what the rabbis say? Something which comes out of the heart goes into the heart. So if it goes into the heart of so many Jews, it must be coming from a pure place. The Chem de himself writes this about the Reish's Chachma, that you can see how holy it is, because if it entered so many hearts, it exited from the heart of the Reish's Chachma. That's what the Chem de writes of the Reish's Chachma. It says, Chaim Falaji, I'll say the same thing about the Chem de Malen. And then he says more, look at number 10. Says Reb Chaim Falaji, when the Sefer came out, who took Achrayas for the Sefer? Who published it? Yankov Yisrael Al Ghazi, who was a great Rav in Turkey, the Neret Yisrael. He got Haskamas, two of the greatest authorities alive at the time in the Sephardish world, gave approbations. Haskamas, okay on the book. Tseyulamad, go learn from Yakir Saadusa. That's a play on words from, from Unklus and Parshas Vayetze, but it means uh, from the beautiful Sadusa's testimony. Mitrain Aryavosa derives the two lines of the Torah, the great rabbis, Murray Arois from this place. One of them is Chaim Abulifia, Chaim Abulifia, Machaber the Sefer, Eitz Chaim, and many others for him, and also Yitzchak HaKoyen Rappaport, the author of the Bote Kuhuna. Two of the greatest Sephardic rabbis in the early 1700s was Chaim Abolifia, Rabbi Yitzchak uh, Rappaport. Both of them gave the Haskama when the Sefer came out. And in number 11, he says, and more than that, look at the guy that published it, Betlas, I'll give you a third name, it's a Chazaka. Who was Magia? Who actually went over the manuscripts and put into a, and brought it and brought it to the print house? It's the Rav HaChosid Yankov Al-Ghazi. If this... The fact that he put it out means he thinks it's, it's, it's pure. Im chas v'sholem, there's any question, Rabbi Al-Ghazi wouldn't have put it out. V'achareim, kol and so many other rabbis who followed these, the footsteps of these three people, 
the printer, the one who printed it, Rabbi Al-Ghazi, Rabbi Abulifi, Rabbi Rappaport, who gave the Haskamas, they all thought it was pure and pure. He writes in number 10, says Chaim Falaji, why am I writing a whole Arichas about that? Because I had to write all this. Because I saw Rabbi Yankov Emden. Now he's about 100 years after Yankov Emden. He writes, I saw Yankov Emden who writes in numerous places. In his Akdama to the Sefer Mikdash Melech and his Tshuva and Shilas Yavis that we, that we saw in number one. Shedibur on the Sefer, Chem he talks against the Sefer. That is the Sefer Hamiras, we said that was the Greek uh, poet. And it's Sefer of Minim. And Yankim went so far to say, The Yankiv Emden student writes, um, I don't know who he's talking about. Someone was scared to tell me that he saw something in Chemdes Yomim. Because he knows that the Sefer is from one of the Poikrim. So Yankiv Emden and his students all believe the Sefer is Treif. Says Chaim Falaji, after asking for forgiveness, I have to say about Yankiv Emden and his student. Shari Lumarayu made their master, the Abish, to forgive them. How could they say, Al-Kodesh Vitor, it's full of Torah, Mitzvah, Maisim Toivim, Ruach Tayyus Hashem. It's Meyusud, like he said in the beginning, it's based on Gemaras and Rishonim and Achronim. Are we still on, by the way? And Mori Kabbalah. And he says, wait, wait, wait. How could Yankov Emden speak about the book and more? He's not just speaking about one book. Yankov Emden is really bringing into question everyone that supports the book. Yori Anoichi Loi Yankov Emden is Pegea Bekovet of many Rabbonim who supported it. The Chain Loi, he can't, the Chain Loi Yayosa. So Chaim Falaji says, now you say like this, you've got to know a few incredible stories. Does he know who, does he put forth who actually wrote it? Oh, you're going to see, you're going to see. You're going to see. So Chaim Falaji is major supporter of the Sefer. In fact, he writes, he writes in his article, he had an Zayd called the Chikre Lev. So you're talking 200 years ago, a big, big Sfardashir of the Chikre Lev. When did he pass away, Falaji? I don't know the exact year. A little over 100 years ago. Um, Rabbi Vadya Yosef, throughout his Sfardim, he always quotes the Chikre Lev. In fact, I think Avadya says once that that's how I enjoy my Shabbos afternoons. I learned the Chikrei Lev. A big Sfardish should go in 200 years ago. He was the Zayd of Chaim Falaji. And Chaim Falaji writes, my Zayd of the Chikrei Lev loved the Sefer. And he felt that Shabbos wasn't Shabbos if he didn't learn the Sefer. Now, in Chaim Falaji's mind, this is the holiest of holies. Yankiv Emden and his group of people say it's ab- it burn, burn, Sefer. So Chaim Falaji, now you see, when you read this, you say, okay, maybe Chaim Falaji believes it was written by the Arizal student, and that's it. No. Chaim Falaji concedes it was written by Nosson of Gaza. And this is where the whole story turns. And he writes, I don't have it in the paper, but he writes, people claim that how could you read the Sefer was made by someone who believed in Shab Tzvi. Says Chaim Falaji, Rabbi Akiva thought that Bar Kochva was Mashiach because he checked all the boxes. And it wasn't until Bar Kochva killed Rabbi Lozer Hamadoi, Bar Kochva killed the Tana. The story was that, um, that uh, the Yidin were hiding, and, and um, somebody from the other 
somebody from the, the enemy, somebody came in and caught and uh, caught a couple words with Rabbi Lozer Hamadoy, who didn't even realize the conversation was happening, was taking place. He was uh, davening, Talos and Tfilin. The story was seen, was witnessed and passed on to Bar Kochva, that your uncle, Rabbi Lozer Hamadoy, is aiding the enemy. He ended up killing him. He kicked him. He gave him a whopping kick, and Elazar Medoy died from the kick of Bar Kochva. So Chaim Falaji says, so Bar Kochva, <laughs> he's killing Tanoim. But before then, he had enough going for him. Bar Kochva must have been a Chochem and everything, enough going for him. The Rikiva felt legitimately it could be Mashiach. And Chaim Falaji says, did anyone look down at Rabbi Kiva afterwards? You were wrong? No, because at the time the guy fit the, he fits the bill, then your license to believe is Mashiach. So says Chaim Falaji, you're going to tell me the author of Chem Sayon believes Shabzi is Mashiach? He innocently thought so. He thought that he fit the bill. What do you want from the guy? But he still doesn't say Nosson of Gaza by name. No, 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 but you've got to continue reading. I'll tell you something. And if you conceded, Nosson of Gaza never conceded. Because he still, so he still believed. Because Shabbat didn't kill anyone, that's why. Shabbat said he converted. The Rambam holds you're allowed to convert to Islam if your life's in danger. It's not a Vodazara. Shabbat said sees a Sephardi, passed like the Rambam, he was allowed to do it. No, they kept, the Sultan kept him there for years couple of years, then he banished him to Montenegro, but it was still probably under the, the watch of the Sultan, still part of the Ottoman Empire. Takas, I don't know if there's any evidence that before he passed away, the Shabzi Tzvi kind of uh, um, abandoned his, uh, his Islamic track that he took. We don't know about that. But either way, Nosson of Gaza is buried in Skopje. You've got, you got to listen to these, before you got to listen to these stories. Nosson of Gaza was buried in Skopje, which I said is in today North Macedonia. There is still a big Jewish cemetery there today. Apparently his cave is no longer accessible since the Holocaust. Again, I wasn't there, I don't know. But uh, there is a legend that he came to Skopje in 1680, it was a Friday. He ran to the house of the Rav. And Nosson said, I want the Hever Kadisha to come, those that will... And he said, I want you to quickly bury, I want you to quickly dig a thing today. Now, Rabbi Yehuda HaChosid writes, relaxing, one of his, Rabbi Yehuda HaChosid's thing is, do not dig a grave in a cemetery if you won't bury someone that day. Because if you don't, you will. In other words, you can't just dig, don't just dig holes in a cemetery. Because God's going to fill them up. Unless you're burying someone that day. So Nosson of Gazi was 37, or still 36. He tells him, I want you to dig a hole. They said, what do you mean? He says, I'm dying today. He said, I don't want to encroach on Shabbos. So these guys went, they dug a hole. Taka died, as he said, and he was buried before Shabbos. Fascinating story. Uh. Look at this. You got to listen to these stories. Says Chaim Falaji. He says, yes. The Chemdes Hayomim was written by someone who supported Shabbos Tzvi, And he's buried in Skopje. <laughs> There's no one else that we know besides for nothing. It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. And he says, let me tell you two stories. Mm-hmm about people that disrespected the guy. Number 13, Agav, um, oh, so he, says, he says the story is like this. There was a guy called Shabsi Winter, Vintora, Vintora. I would say Winter. Shabsi Vintora was a big rov, and he went to Skopje, and he was visiting. The minig was that when you left town, the rabbis would escort you. Now, he was leaving town to go to the cemetery outside town. So the rabbi said, you know what? We'll come with you to the cemetery too. Let's read some of the Agav Charta Tarti. Instead of one, we'll do two. We'll escort you and we'll go to the cemetery. 
So they went, we'll do Hishtatchus, we'll on the Kivrit Sadikim. Vahi Hayoim on that day the Yatsamisham, the Rav Haniska Shapsi winter, went out of Skopje to the nearby cemetery, and the rabbis went Lolavoisa to to escort him Kimin Hogam. Vinichnus Ugamkin they went to the Besakvaris and they showed him different people, and they also showed him the caver of the Rav Chemdus Yomim. Nosson of Gaza. The rabbi said, I don't want to go. Ain I'm not going there. The rabbi says, thank you very much. I'm not going to this guy. Right? This rabbi obviously, you know, was not a fan of Nosson of Gaza. Vayorim Yodi, in fact, he picked up his hand. He said, wow. He's like, no way. And they went like this, as if I'm going to go there. There's nothing to see there. As soon as they left the cemetery, and he went on his horse, Leila Chadarkoi, barely left the town. He fell on his arm, he fell off the horse, or off the wagon, onto his arm, it was horrible pain. In his arm, he couldn't even handle it. He looks at his roya, and it's Mitzoyras Keshelik, there's Tzoras. Moshe got Tzoras for speaking Loshon Hara about the Yidin. Miriam got Tzoras, he gets Tzoras. Kshchin, there's this all over his hand, bubbles. And he realized that the pain was so great, he couldn't walk. See, so I'm going back to the cemetery. He realized why it happened. He went back to the cemetery and he went on the cave of the Rav Chemdes Yomim, which is in Skopje. This is Nosson of Gaza. He said, please, I'm begging you for forgiveness. He took an oath that his entire life he would learn every single day. Um, every day, he would say 18 kapitlach of Tilim to help the soul of the Chemdes Yomim. Barely an hour passed. The guy was completely healed as if nothing had ever happened. And many times it happened with this Rabbi Winter, Shabsi Winter, that towards evening he realized that he didn't say his 18 Mizmerim yet, and he would quickly scream, give me a Tehillim B'chipazan, I need to finish it quickly. Fine. That's one story. Va'oid ho'yilapel, another story. An old man told us that he was a Shamash of the son of Rabbi Shabsi Winter. His name is Avroam Vintorazal. That he went on a shlichus tzvas, and when he went to Iskopia, Skopje, nafal olav tipa balayla rishayna shenichnas sham. Something happened. He died. This Avram died, and he was buried mamish next to the cave of the Chemdas Yomim. And Chaim Falaji says, "You see, because the father spoke out against the Chemdas Yomim, Nostan of Gaza, he had horrible pain, and ultimately didn't even help his son had to die." And Chaim Falaji says at the end, you wonder, how come the Chidor never talks about... He says, don't you know? The Chidor was a Gilgul of the Chemdas Yom, of Nasan of Gaza. He was a Gilgul of his. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yankiv Emden says it was from Nasan of Gaza, burn the Sefer. Yehuda Patai with his dreams also says the same thing. It's Nasan of Gaza... And all the stories with Gehenim and the slingshot, and he seems to, he wouldn't touch the book. In fact, I told you that Avadya Yosef says, Yeah, I love Yehuda Pataya, but his dreams are not going to make halacha for everyone. The Be, um, but uh, apparently Mordechai Eliyahu, who was a chief rabbi of Israel, big, the Rebbe, tremendous respect to him, Sephardic chief rabbi, he, after he saw this, this uh, kuntras of Ruchas Mesapra, spirit speak, that's the name, Spirit Speak from Yehuda Pataya. He wouldn't look at the Sefer anymore. If you look at Chaim Falaji's whole Arichas, he also believes it's from Nothan of Gaza. 
But he says, so what? Nosson did, did some things wrong? Well, he thought he was right. Have Rahmanus on the guy. Anyone that spoke against Mukhar, they suffered. The book is a great book. Look at the fact. People that read it get closer to God. Yankov Edmund said, if you read it, you go fry. He said, not true. So it's incredible. What, do, uh, what does Chassidah say about it? The Alter Rebbe brings it one time in Hilchas Shabbos. For the laws of Shnai Mikra. That you say the Psukim twice, Unklus once. The Alter Rebbe says, what if you want to do Rashi instead of Unklus? So Rashi doesn't go in every single word. So you have to do two times the Chumash, and then a third time Chumash with Rashi. You can't just do two times Chumash with Rashi because for the things... Yeah, the Rebbe said no, that nobody brought it. Okay. In the Tekuntus Rebbe, it says, Alter brings this from Chemdas Hayom, and it's found in Chemdas Hayom. It could be in Chsidus, in Chsidus, there isn't really, it could be there, they're probably talking about Mamorim, Mamorim of him. The Baal Shem Tif. There are two, we have a tradition, the Sefer Shivkei Baal Shem Tif says two things. One of them is that the Baal Shem Tif once had a dream that one of his students converted. The next day, the Baal Shem Tif got all of his Talmudim around the table, and the Baal Shem Tif said, you know, I got a message from heaven. What's going on? He searches around the room. Nothing. They're all good. One guy confesses he learned Chemdas Yamim. The Baal Shem said, you're the guy, you're the guy. That's the story in Shivchei Baal Shem Tif. Story number two that it says in Shivchei Baal Shem Tif is that the Rabbi Yankiv Yosef of Polno, great student, once brought the, new, the, lay, the print of the Chemdas Yamim into the Baal Shem Tif's base medrash, and the Baal Shem Tif said, you just brought in a safer of Tuma. And they quickly threw the safer on the floor. So these are two episodes where the Baal Shem Tov is clearly going with Yankov Emton. But you should know in number four, which I said written by, it's in Shivchei Baal Shem Tov, which came out 200 years ago. It's, there's a Shaila how authentic it is, right? Even by the Rabbeim, how authentic, how reliable it is. But in number four, this Menachem Menchen Halprin, about 120 years ago, who wrote, a, who wrote a, a, in support, he says all of these are Shmuish legends of the Baal Shem Tov, he doesn't believe they're true. He says, no, 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 he says, all the records of the Baal Shem Tov against the Sefer is rubbish. He says the proof is because too many people with the connection to Chassidus have quoted the Sefer. In Halacha, right. So therefore he says in number four, the, this Menachem Men, Menchen Halprin, who 120 years ago wrote against Yankee Vemden, he believes it comes from the Arizal student. Besides Chaim Falaji, no one else said it comes from Nosson of Gaza, but it's still a good book. All those that said it's a good book said it comes from uh, the Arizal student, Rabbi Yomin Alevi. It's Chaim Falaji who twists the whole story. And by the way, many historians said Chaim Falaji must have never learned history as a kid. He must not have heard about all the schmutz of Nosson of Gaza. What was Nosson of Gaza's biggest? There are claims. There, well, he definitely pushed Shabzai Tzvi. Fine. There are claims that he was behind dismantling Tishabov and Shiva all fast days he dismantled because they believe Mashiach's here. So that fast days, all right. Is that the worst thing that he did? He was the PR guy. Okay, but so some there is a there is a theory that Shabsitsi's followers, by the way, many people after Shabbat converted, many of his followers did. They were called the Donmas. 
the Donmas, and they're still alive today in Turkey. There's a group of them. Yeah, they converted at the time, and they were Muslims on the outside, from Jews on the inside, from Sabbateans with all the, and they had a modern Kabbalah. They started this whole new Shabbat Sweet type of Kabbalah, Nosson of Gaza inspired Kabbalah. And it went for generations. Till today in Turkey, there's a group of them, the Donmas, they're called, the Donmas, they're called. I don't know if they're Jewish even, you know, who knows where their mothers are or this and that. But... Uh, they're still in Izmir? Yeah, or oh, somewhere in Turkey, throughout Turkey. Even though when Shabzai Tzvi died, he wasn't in Izmir. He had been banished. He was in uh, Montenegro. Even Shabzai Tzvi's caver, no one, they thought it was in Albania for many years and Montenegro, they weren't so sure. Nosson of Gaza was very clear, it was in Skopje. So people used to go there and go there. Chaim Falad is really the only one to say it's from Nasan of Gaza and it's still a good book. Everyone else who wants to support the book said it's not from the Arizal student. But in number four, this Menachem Menchen Halprin who says it's a great book and everything, he says all the stories from the Baal Shem Tev, he doesn't believe they happened. It's, just, it's hearsay, it's a mistake and uh, who knows where they came from. The Alter Rebbe's quote in Kunshachan, is it direct quote? Or it's like, uh, the Alter Rebbe says that the idea he's putting forth that you have to read three times with Rashi. He says, and this is what's written in Cheshei. And he gives the where to look. And it's right there. No other there. It, well, if you look at it says it. It's actually not that place. It's a different part of the book, different part of the book. But it does say what the Alter Rebbe's quoting. What are the chances there's another Sefer called Chesed that no one's ever heard of, where it says the same thing? There's a different version of it, and therefore it's a different... You should know, the Rebbe Rashab, the Rebbe Rashab in his library, had seven different versions of the Chemdus Yomim. Now, the Frida Kareb in his library, he had full Apicursus books. The Frida Kareb's library had full books on Apicursus. On Apicursus. Part of the completion of the library is to have everything. But the Rebbe Rashab didn't. The Rebbe Rashab's library was much more uh, in the straight and narrow. But he had seven, seven wow. versions. So that seems to be... Have you learned it? What? I've learned parts of it. Is this the only, the Rebbe's letter, is that the only source we have from the Rebbe? So there are a couple other times that Rebbe spoke about it. The problem is not really documented. It's not in a letter that I can just get on the sheet. There was a time that when they were putting one of the Rebbe's sikhs, there was a minig that the Rebbe quoted... And the only source the Chassidim could find was Chemdes Yomim. So they, they put it in the bottom of the Sikha as a source. And the Rebbe said, no, 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 no. Because of the controversy, better not to quote it. But that's similar to what he said here. That's Rabbi Shapiro. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. similar to here. Rabbi, Rabbi Shapiro says that he, the Rebbe once told him and the people there, the Rebbe said the words, It's known how people react to the Sefer. It's known that it's, you know, there's a controversy. So therefore, don't, better, better you know, stay safe and don't quote it. But the Rebbe didn't... Uh, he didn't no, no, safer. no, he just said no. That, you know. I mean, look at number three. Even though number three, the Rebbe is really trying to tell the guy not to read it, but the Rebbe just said it's a controversy. The Rebbe doesn't... It doesn't come out strongly against it. Right, you would think... You should know because there were... And look, the, the Rebbe could have said, don't you know what the Baal Shem Tov said about the yeah. Sefer? Yeah. The Rebbe... When the few times the Rebbe addressed the Sefer, again, Rabbi Shapiro said he remembers that the Rebbe wrote or said, it's known the Yachas to the Sefer, that it's a controversy, so better not. The Rebbe never said, the Baal Shem Tov said it's Tomei and it's burnedness, and that never said that. So that's why this, this Menachem Menchen Halpen believes that somebody maybe who was a, you know, who had an agenda against the Sefer quoted in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, but not that it's an authentic. Among the Chesidah Rebbe's, Reb Chaim Tzanzer said, in Tzanz, we don't say Ladovid Hashem Eri and El. 
Yeah, they don't do. If you daven in a tzanzer uh, Kleisenberg uh, shul during Elul, there's no the David Hashem Oiri. David Hashem Oiri? It's from Chemdes Yomim. So who says this? So there's a big, uh, there was a guy, Reb Moshe Halberstam, who's Ben Acher Ben from Chaim Tzanz, the last name Halberstam. He was a big rabbi in Israel, and he says, he was asked about this, why in Tzanz don't they say it? He said, don't you know? It comes from Chem Das Yomim. He says, Chaim Tzanz therefore never did it. He says, the Choyz of Lublin wouldn't do the David Hashem Eri. Because he says the Rapshitzer, and he quotes and quotes numerous Chesidah Shalebes that wouldn't even say a capital to heal him. In Elul, because it's brought in Chem des Yamim. So, oh, all of a sudden you have all these Chesidah Shalebes. Now, he quotes Naftali Rapshitzer, or it's quoted Naftali Rapshitzer, wouldn't say it. I will tell you that I saw elsewhere that Naftali Rapshitzer said that it was Taka written by Nosson of Gaza, and he had some big stuff to answer for in heaven, but he did. He already suffered, and now he's clean. So that's another approach. Does that mean the book go is with okay? that story where he knew his own death? That's when we talk about those type of Not things. Not a contradiction. So, not a contradiction. The vote says to Tara Shemuri, not Hasidim. After a right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that right, so that that, that could be another interesting point. Right, right. You know, Yankiv Emden's biggest taina was that Nachem des it says that on the second night of Pesach you do sphere at the end of the seder. There are some people that have a minute to do spheres at the end of the seder. Yeah, exactly. Because if you do spheres at the beginning of the night, you're saying it's cholamayim, and then you're doing the seder. Right. So that's what the rosh says. So Yanke the Emden writes the chem the shiur says to do spheres at the end of the night. It's a pikursus. One of the biggest times of Yanke the Emden is in the chem the It says that the second night Pesach, you count spheres after the seder, and Yanke the Emden says it's it's heresy, heresy to say seder. So Chaim Falaj is a whole thing, heresy. The Rosh, 700 years ago, says you should do that. Because if at the beginning of the night you count Sphira, you're saying it's already Cholomoyed, and they do a Seder. Hmm. And Chaim Falaj, not just a Chaim Falaj, he says, big Kabbalist, the Reb Memi Pani brings a whole host of Kabbalists who says you do that. But, but, uh, the, but the fact is, I know till today, no, no, I know that some people are makpid to do Sphira at the beginning, to go against the Chem even though the Rosh says you do it at the end, and Big Kabbalah do it at the end. But since the Chemdes Yom says you do it at the end, we do it in the beginning. Yakimendu followers. Those that say the same Chaim Sanzer, the well, a whole host of people. As far as the Rabbeim, we have this letter of the Rebbe, we have what the Rebbe said the elsewhere, and we have the Kuntusach and the Alter Rebbe. And we have the Rebbe Maharaj. In his library. He had in his library. Yeah. Okay. Seven. <laughs> Anyhow, so it remains. Uh, Those that say the safer wow. is good. Who do 